athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Wherever or however you may be listening, thank you for making the program a part of your day. I am your host, Donald Ware. NBA season has just kicked off, but already the Nets off to a bad start. The 76ers also off to a bad start. So we're going to talk a little NBA. The Lakers off to the start that I don't think many people are surprised about. Uh, So we're going to talk a little NBA here on the program. We're going to talk some National Football League here on the program as well. When I look at the 76ers, I got to ask myself, is Doc Rivers, the head coach of the 76ers, part of the issue? Now, remember going back a couple of years ago, he was both the head coach and the GM, got stripped of his GM responsibilities solely the head coach, a lot of talent with this 76ers team, and still cannot get it done. Now, it's it's early in the season. I get it. But there are championship expectations in Philadelphia for the 76ers when you look at the roster of, it, of Embiid and you look at Harden. I mean, those two in of themselves. You know, you have a maxi that, is, that has really come alive the last couple of years is playing well. I mean, I don't know if – if he has the ability in of himself to carry a team, but he certainly, I mean, he has, he has the ability to carry a team on nights, but night in and night out. I'm not sure about that, but he's certainly an integral part of that team. You look at Tobias Harris. I mean, he's never really materialized in terms of what they thought he was going to be when several years ago, they gave him the max contract at the end of the day, he's still a solid player. So you have to ask yourself, is this a Doc Rivers issue? Doc Rivers hasn't done much of anything. And I'm not this, I'm not here to bash Doc Rivers. Like, I mean, if you're a 76ers fan, you got to be frustrated. I mean, you've got one of the top five players in the league in Joel Embiid. You've got a bona fide superstar in James Harden. You're talking top 10 now, top 15 player. In the league, you've got one of the top play, uh, one of the top young players in the league in Maxi, and then you've got a guy that can get it done also in Harris. Yet, listen, Doc Rivers hasn't won a championship since '08 when the Celtics won. Hasn't been to a championship since '09 when the Celtics lost to the Lakers. You know, you've had the Clippers. You, it's, you know, it's just not happening in 
Philadelphia. So if you're a 76ers fan, I want to hear from you. Is Doc Rivers the not part of the problem? I mean, there's an issue because and when I hear Doc Rivers talk in the postgame, he talks about uh, they, they, they're just not – I mean, he talks – he doesn't bash the players or anything like that. But, I mean, he never says, well, maybe it's something we're not doing right. Me as a coach, us as a coaching staff. So 76ers fans, I'm asking you, is Doc Rivers part of the issue? And and further, is he the issue? Okay, definitely want to hear from you. I mean, we knew the Lakers were probably going to get off to a slow start, same roster from last year. I mean, you add a couple of pieces, but – it's just not happening for the Lakers. And I would say, you know, LeBron is LeBron. He's getting up there in age. He's not the same player he once was, but he still plays at an extremely high level. But to me, and I'm not saying Anthony Davis is part of the issue, but I mean, and, and that's why to me it was sort of, I mean, I don't want to call it laughable, but in a way when you're talking about Anthony Davis, as one of the 75 greatest players to ever play the game, right? He's, he's not, I mean, he, you know, he's had an, a history of injuries, right? But he's not, I mean, he's not, he, he needs to be doing more. He's not doing enough. You know, he's not, you know, everybody kept saying, you know, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people kept saying he's a top five player, even as recent as last year, I'm like, Really? Have you seen him play? I mean, he's a good player, top five player. He's not even a top 10, top, he's not even a top 15 player. And, I mean, that team should be achieving more than it is even with Russell Westbrook. We can talk about Westbrook is the problem. And a lot of the problems that he had last year are carrying over into the early part of this season. It is just a mess in Lakerland early in the season. The Nets, I mean, you're talking about teams three. I'm, I'm talking about three teams that should be, I mean, well, maybe not the Lakers so much, but certainly the Nets and Philly. The Nets aren't doing anything, right? Like Ben Simmons has to show up for the Nets to have an opportunity, right? Like the Nets aren't as bad as the 76ers, certainly not as bad as the Lakers. But my goodness, I mean, you know, early on, I mean, and I realized that it was a situation where there was a lot of turmoil in the offseason. They decided to come together and try to make it work. And, you know, I mean, I think Kevin Durant is is definitely putting up some points, but he's not, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's not the same defender, at least to this point in the season, that we've seen in years past. So you're talking about three teams that are certainly underachieving. Meanwhile, you look at the Utah Jazz with the fire sale that the Jazz had is off to the great start. So NBA talk today on the program. You look at the National Football League. The Colts decide to bench Matt Ryan. You look at Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay things are not going well there. And then you look at the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and overall things are not going there either, not going there well either. So, I mean, a lot to talk about with respect to the National Football League also today here on 
the program. You can join us. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. I had a chance, and, you know, every week I don't get a chance to see every team. I'm, I'm into the Commanders. I'm going to flip channels. We're here in Raleigh, so I'm going to look at the Panthers. I want to see how the Panthers are doing. By the way, I mean, tremendous win by the Panthers over the Buccaneers last week. Absolutely tremendous. I mean, things are still – I mean, you, they trade Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Now, now we didn't have a chance to talk about this last week. So you get a good haul back if you're the Panthers. Second round, third round, fourth round, I think fifth round. I mean, that's a, that's a great haul. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a move I would have made if, because, you know, ultimately I'm going to get rid of his, not get rid of his contract. It's a, it's a high contract. I think when he's healthy, he's certainly worth it. But, I mean, it's a high contract. So you get rid of that. You get a bunch of picks. Not a first round, but you can, get, you can score well in the second, third, and fourth rounds specifically so you can kind of get better there certainly the Panthers need a quarterback at this point but that's a good move but I mean that's a good win for the Panthers over Tampa Bay and things are bad in Tampa Bay I mean I would say it's a, it's 50 50 in terms of things being bad in Tampa uh while at the same time uh give the Panthers some credit for that victory but I I watched Green Bay Obviously, the the uh, the uh, Packers and the uh, Commanders played on last week, and uh, it, it's bad. I mean, it it's not great defensively either. I mean, I think when you look at Green Bay coming into that game against the Commanders, you're talking about the uh, the the fifth ranked defense in the National Football League, number one against the pass. Yet, I mean, Taylor Heineke went out and did his thing in the second half. Now, the first half wasn't good at all, but much better play in the second half. It's it's that Heineke magic for the commanders. He, he just energizes that team. Now, we're going to see what happens this week against the Colts on the road. I mean, we're going to see what happens uh, sort of there, but he just sort of energizes uh, this team, energizes the players. I mean, Terry McLaurin came to life and they have a good rapport going back uh, to last season. But it looks bad. I mean, I, 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 you, you read the lips, lips of Rodgers. He's like, what are we doing? Right? Because he's got a bunch of young receivers. I mean, I think he has to take some responsibility for this as well uh, by, A, uh, the contract, $50 million, so you're not able to sign a, a lot of guys. B, uh, in essence, I think running Devontae Adams out of town he just he didn't want to play with them and see not being there for offseason workouts so I think all of those things play into why the Packers aren't doing well young receivers the defense is shaky and Aaron Rodgers uh, is part of the issue still to come here on box to row Virginia Union head football coach Dr. Alvin Parker also I'm previewing the HBCU national game of the week Southern and Jackson State. But up next, my NFL predictions for week eight. You've got the program locked on Box to Row Radio and Sirius XM channels 142 and 84. And you can picture like a photo. Make sure you got your radio live. The guard rock can't the scene of the mic, y'all. Hip hop forever. Thinking of a master plan. 
This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. You're listening to the So I start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how I could I get some dead presidents. I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. Has someone in your family lost a job recently, and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-507-3116. 800-507-3116. That's 800-507-3116. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box row. row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's prediction no time for week eight for in the National Football League. Things going to kick off on Sunday morning over in London. The Broncos and the Jaguars get together. So the Broncos are really, really bad. And uh, we talked about Matt Ryan being benched. We talk about the bad quarterback play of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But, I mean, I think for the expectations, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's quarterback play has been worse. Now, the Broncos as a whole have been worse. I was never on board with two things. A, that this would be a good fit, even though there were some pieces there offensively with the wide receivers and in the running game. And then B, um, that the the Broncos would be one of the league, would be one of the, or a division leader, or one of the tops in the division in the AFC West. I would never subscribe to either one of those. And we're can, we can see what the problem is. I mean, you can look at, Uh, Any number, uh, you can look at coaching as an issue. The quarterback play is an issue. Russell Wilson, not sure if he's even going to play in this game. Like, I think the Jaguars are a much improved football team. They are. I mean, I don't think there's there's nothing to think about. They are a much improved football team, especially when you look at last year. But I think the Jaguars have left 
some points and some wins, quite frankly, out on the field. That said, I mean, I just think the Broncos are a mess. The Jaguars, I think, win this football game in London. The Dolphins and the Lions. So uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa looked good uh, last week. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Like, I, I, I don't know what the issue was with, you know, people saying that he, he, he wasn't that good and all of the hoopla in the offseason. The, you know, the concussion deal was an issue but was not on last week, and I really like the way that the Dolphins are playing. Meanwhile, I look at the Lions. It's just, you know, they're just not there yet. I mean, it, it seemed like there may be some promise at the beginning of the season, but, boy, it just hasn't – it just really hasn't worked out to this point for the Lions. I definitely like the Dolphins over the Lions in Detroit. The Panthers and the Falcons. So this is an interesting one because if I look at the Falcons playing reasonably well, I look at the Panthers coming off the, the win over Tampa. I mean, now, Tam, you know, Tom Brady didn't look good. There were a lot of mistakes in that football game, but Tampa still has a lot of talent. And I think for the Panthers to get that win, it was a home game, but to still get that win was a really, really big win. Meanwhile, I look at the Falcons. I look at Mariota. I look at the way that the Falcons are playing. I mean, it's a, this is a team that very much could win the NFC South, which is really, really bad right now this is a tough game to pick because I feel like the Panthers still are pretty good defensively um I feel like the Falcons are just a a a solid overall football team I tell you what I'm gonna do I think a lot of times I mean and I can't really say that this is an upset pick but I'm gonna go with the Panthers over the Falcons in the ATL the Vikings and the Cardinals. So the, the Cardinals may be starting to kind of come around a little bit. You look at the win last week against the Saints, putting up the, I think it was 42 points. But, I mean, the Vikings are playing well on both sides of the football. There's a culture change there. Mike Zimmer obviously just wasn't getting it done. A lot of talent there in Minnesota. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, but I think at the end of the day, he's playing well. It's a really good offense. Uh, I, I, the Cardinals are maybe, I don't know, maybe the Cardinals are starting to come around. I may be more of a believer if the Cardinals beat the Vikings, but I'm, de- I'm definitely going with the Vikings over the Cardinals in Minnesota. The Cowboys and the Bears. So the Cowboys had a bye week last week. Meanwhile, the Bears are coming off a pretty nice win, actually, over the Patriots. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced about where the Bears are. I mean, I think it was a good win. Uh, you know, the Patriots are are uh, just, you know, obviously didn't play well. They're not playing well, really. You got the whole quarterback situation there in New England. I mean, Justin Fields shows flashes, right? But he, he shows flashes, and I think he did much better against New England. But this is a Cowboys team that is really, really good uh, in elite defense. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott able to get his feet. Well, well I'm sorry. Well, D- Dak Prescott, excuse me, was kind of able to get his feet wet um, uh, uh, in the Cowboys' last victory. And so that bodes well, I think, uh, moving forward for the Cowboys. And, um, you know, I definitely, um, I definitely liked 
uh, the, the Eagles, and excuse me, not a bye week. The, the, the Cowboys did not have a bye week because the win over the Lions last week. My apologies. But I definitely like the Cowboys. I think Dak is going to get some rhythm. I know they got some, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has been injured and so forth. But still with that, I mean, the Cowboys are a better team than the Bears. I like the Cowboys over the Bears. The Cowboys are at home. The Raiders and the Saints. So the Saints just are in a bad place right now. Andy Dalton does get the start. A lot of injuries with the Saints, including once again Michael Thomas being hurt. I think that's an issue. I think maybe the Raiders are going to start to turn it on um, a little bit. And, you know, I mean, while the Raiders have not looked good this year, the Saints have looked worse. I like the Raiders over the Saints in New Orleans. The Steelers and the Eagles, the battle of Pennsylvania. So the Steelers don't look good at all. Meanwhile, the Eagles are really, really good, undefeated on the season, an elite defense. Um, a, 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 you know, I, and I think the offense, I think when you talk about balance between a team, I think the Eagles are the best team in the National Football League because their offense and defense, defensive play are equal, and they're really, really good. Like, Maybe the maybe the Eagles don't have as elite a defense as do the Cowboys, but it's still pretty good. But the Eagles' defense, offense is definitely better than the Cowboys, and that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, there's a there's a balance there with the Eagles defensively and offensively. Meanwhile, the Steelers is just going to continue to be a long season. I like the Eagles over the Steelers in Philly. The Patriots and the Jets. This is an interesting one because the Jets are playing so well right now, but they get the injury with the running back. And that he's out for the season. They've got an offensive lineman that's out for the season. Those two guys uh, were huge. Um, with the Patriots, like the whole quarterback situation, I think the defense is decent, but offense is definitely an issue. And I think the Jets are turning a corner, even with the injuries. Like, I think the Jets, I've had a chance to watch the Jets last week. The Jets look good. So I'm going to go with the Jets over the Patriots in Jersey. The Texans and the Titans. So the Titans are playing much better. I mean, this is a, it's a good football team. They got off to kind of the slow start, playing much better. Derrick Henry and company um, from an offensive standpoint, and I think defensively solid um, as well. I look at the Texans, and the Texans are playing hard. They're in Games. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but they don't have enough to beat the Titans, okay? Uh, this is a, a an AFC South game, and I like the Titans over the Texans in Houston. The Seahawks and the Giants. So this is an interesting game because the Seahawks are playing so well right now um, you, behind the play of Geno Smith. Things are just going well and it was, we, we know now, definitely wasn't a fluke uh, that first game of the season against the Broncos. Meanwhile, I look at the Giants, and the Giants are playing well. I, I never was a Daniel Jones hater, right? I thought he always had some skills. He just had been through a bunch of offensive coordinator, multiple head coaches in a couple of years. He, di he didn't really get a fair shot. Saquon Barkley is playing well. I think the defense is good. I, I think the Seahawks come down to reality just a bit. I like the Giants over the Seahawks in Seattle. The Commanders and the Colts. So, again, mentioned Matt Ryan uh, getting benched. I'm not sure if Shaq Leonard is playing in this football game uh, defensively 
And I think that makes a bit of a difference um, when you're talking, or not a bit, it makes a lot of difference when you're talking um, about the Colts. I, but the Colts just aren't playing well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor, but you, they're, they're starting, uh, I forget, the, Matt, um, I can't think of his last name, um, at the quarterback position. Meanwhile, I look at the commanders, I mean, playing well defensively, a lot better, as a matter of fact, uh, from a defensive standpoint. When I look at the commanders the last three weeks or so, and I think behind the play of Taylor Heineke, it's a lot of offensive weapons there. The running game is solid. The offensive line had been abysmal. It's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. I like the commanders over the Colts in Indy. The 49ers and the Rams. So both teams struggling. The, the I think the Rams more so than the 49ers. You get... Uh, 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 you, you get Christian McCaffrey there. I mean, first game, he's trying to kind of find his way um, a little bit. I, the, the Rams, to me, I think I used the word Fugazi a couple of weeks ago, and that, to me, describes the Rams maybe still living off the Super Bowl. I'm not sure, but it's just not going well for the Rams. This is a tough matchup. It's a divisional game. I mean, I think the 49ers are playing better than the Rams, and I do like the Rams over Uh, Excuse me, I like the 49ers over the Rams in L.A. The Packers and the Bills, the Sunday night game. Boy, this is a really good game, and it's a tough game to pick. Not because I mean, obviously the Packers aren't very good right now. The offense is not good at all. But, I mean, I I don't count Aaron Rodgers out, okay? Um, The Bills, meanwhile, (laughs) you look at the Bills playing extremely well uh, overall. Uh, and, you know, good defense, good offense. Um, I'm going to go with the Bills in this game. But the point spread is like 11 and a half. I, I would definitely, I mean, I was a betting man. I'd definitely pick the points. I'd pick the Packers to cover the 11 and a half points. But I'm definitely going with the Bills over the Packers in Buffalo. The final game in the Monday night game is the Bengals and the Browns. So the Browns have... Very much underachieved this year. I mean, yeah, I, I realized Deshaun Watson's going to be back for week 11. But I expected the Browns to be much better. The running game, I mean, you can't say much about Chubb. I mean, he's you know he's doing his thing. You know, Brissett just hasn't played as well as they would have liked. Meanwhile, I look at the Bengals. I mean, I, uh, Jamar Chase is out, but... The Bengals, I think, in this division matchup, I, I definitely like the Bengals. The Bengals are the better football team, and I like the Bengals over the Browns in Cleveland. My picks for week eight of the National Football League. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk next here on the program with Virginia Union head football coach, Dr. Alvin Parker. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Nashville, Tennessee for the matchup between Tennessee and Eastern Illinois, an OVC matchup. Let's move to towards the latter part of the first half with Tennessee State already leading 13 to nothing and driving. Ellis across oh, the middle. Touchdown, Karate Brinson. And it is a 12-yard strike. Touchdown, TSU and the Tigers led 20 to nothing, but TSU wasn't done. And with 30 seconds 
remaining in the first half. This is what happened. Blitz is coming. Ellis going across the middle. Down. He's got his man down near the 20 to the 10. Spinning Devon Starling out of the backfield. Touchdown TSU. That's my man Greg Pogue on the Big Blue Sports Network. The Tigers would roll to a 37-17 victory over Eastern Illinois. Don't look now, but the Tigers have won three straight, now 2-0 in OBC, sitting atop the conference. Now to Orangeburg, South Carolina, for the HBCU National Game of the Week between South Carolina State and North Carolina Central. We're going to pick things up with about five minutes remaining in the first quarter. No score. And the Eagles with possession. Handoff inside. Mookie Collier breaks it outside. He's got a lane. Mookie Collier could be gone at the 40. 35-30. Zaire Key tries to grab him. Pulls him down. Touchdown. North Carolina Central. 60 yards. Electrifying run by Mookie Collier. The Eagles struck first and led 7 to nothing. Now, let's move to the second quarter. With about six and a half minutes remaining in the quarter. South Carolina State now has the 14-7 lead, but the Eagles have possession. Shotgun snap, Davies back to pass. Davis looking, in trouble, throws it out there. Got a man wide open, caught, touchdown, North Carolina Central. That was Quentin McCall. From 48 yards, and the Eagles tied the game at 14. About three and a half minutes later. South Carolina State put together a seven-play, 60-yard drive at that time that was culminated by this. Snaps it back to Tyrese. Tyrese gives it to Kendrell. Kendrell pushes forward close to that goal line. They didn't signal touchdown just yet. I thought he got in. It's going to be – now they yeah, say they touchdown. They say touchdown, yes, indeed. Kendrell Flowers with 3.02 to go here in the first half. From one yard, the extra point was missed. And South Carolina State took a 20-14 to 14 halftime lead. Now, early to the third quarter, same score. The Eagles with possession. Back to pass to Richard on third down. Richard steps up in the pocket, throws it out. It's caught wide open. E.J. Hicks. Hicks re- drives forward for the football. It's recovered by South Carolina State. Oh, they say touchdown. They say he broke the plane. Football came loose as he reached out. The touchdown stood. The extra point was good, and the Eagles regained the lead at 21-20. to NCCU also able to tack on a field goal and led 24-20. to Now, let's pick things up in the fourth quarter. Early, South Carolina State trailing 24-20 to with possession. Corey, back to pass. Looking left. Throwing. And man after Kocheck Davis touchdown. South Carolina State, 21 yards out. Bulldogs take the lead. 26 for South Carolina State, 20 for North Carolina Central. Remember that score because now we're going to move to late in the ball game. North Carolina Central trailing by two with one more opportunity. Fourth down, Richards back to pass. Pressure coming. Richards in trouble. Richards nearly tackled. Richards running the football, throws it out. It is incomplete, knocked out of bounds. They tried to hit Collier. It's an incomplete pass. Bulldogs take over. They will take over. Ernest Robinson and Bill Hamilton on the Bulldog Football Radio Network. South Carolina State would hold on to defeat North Carolina Central 
26 to 24. South Carolina State now 1 and 0 in MEAC play while the Eagles are now 0 and 1. Box to Row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country as well as on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM for a station that carries the program in your area to listen to the show or for more information, log on to boxtorow.com. The Virginia Union Panthers ranked number two in the HBCU media poll, number one in the Division II HBCU poll, as a matter of fact, 8-0 on the season. A big game for Virginia Union against Shawan. It's a CIAA Northern Division game on Saturday. In his fifth season as the head football coach, at Virginia Union is Dr. Alvin Parker, no stranger to us here at Box to Row as he joins us here on the program. What's going on, Coach Parker? Man, I appreciate you having me on, Donald. Absolutely. It's always good to have you. Big win overtime uh, at Bowie State. As a matter of fact, big three-point win at Fayetteville State. Looks like uh, the Broncos going to once again win the Southern uh, Division. Maybe you and you uh, and Fayetteville State in uh, in the championship game. Eight games in, still two games remaining. Uh, it begins on Saturday uh, at home against Shawan. Just your thoughts on the way your team has performed so far this year? I mean, they played they played extremely well. You know, I think um, them guys are doing an excellent job of just following the plan that the coaches are setting forth, and our coaching staff is doing an excellent job. You know, as well, just making sure they keep those guys in position. You know. Um, and like you know, it too, Don, a lot of things got to factor in for, for you to be, you know, 8-0 at this point in the season. You know, you got to be healthy. Everything kind of got to fall into place. And, and honestly, all of those things have happened. So, you know, um, we feel real good about where we are right now. And um, we look to kind of keep this thing extended. Dr. Alvin Parker is the head football coach at Virginia Union in his fifth season as he joins us here on Box to Row. I got to take you back to the Bowie State game. It's a game on the road, <laughs> hostile environment, tough game. You win in overtime. Your thoughts on that victory? Um, it was something that I think, you know, we talked um, earlier this summer. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about that game. We didn't, of course, want to look that far, but, you know, we knew the importance of that game early on because it's a game that we had not won since I've been here. You know, we had three three tries to do it since I've been here. We haven't done it. So um, it was big. You know, I think it was big for all the guys on the team because I had some guys that came in here with me as freshmen and they <laughs> – they had to wait till their senior year to beat those guys. So, you know, um, something that them guys are going to hold near and dear. And um, Bowie's still a good, tough team, you know. So um, I think it was a good, gritty win for us. And, you know, we were able to kind of go up there to Maryland and get it. You know, um, in all our tough games, it just seemed like they've been on the road, you know. Um, so just hats off to our guys for being able to take the show on the road and, and be able to go into those hostile environments that we have been into and um, be able to come out with wins. You know, we're going to talk about – uh, the offense, which is really been prolific. I mean, when you look at it, you're averaging 48 points per game. But maybe the defense – I mean, I don't know if the defense is underrated, but, I mean, the the fact of the matter is you've got three shutouts uh, this year. You're giving up less than 15 points uh, per game. I know everybody talks about Jada Byers, and we will. Of course, we got to talk about him. Uh, but, you know, your thoughts on the way this defense has played so far this year? Lights out. You know, um, Coach Pointer and our defensive staff um, do an excellent job. Like I said, having those guys prepared. And we got a lot of good guys over there that, that can make some things happen. You know, so um, 
from from week one all the way through week eight, those guys have played good. You know, um, again, like I said, put up a couple of shutouts. And we have a lot of guys over there making plays. You know, um, I can go down the list of name of guys who just who just making plays. You know, we got a lot of guys up front. You know, we got a lot of guys at backer. You know, a bunch of guys in the secondary. Everybody's just making plays. You know, um, and that's the thing I like to see. You know, when I when I take a look at the stat sheet, you know, following games and and things like that, and I just see everybody's name in there making some form of a contribution over there on defense. It, it does something for me, you know, um, and that that allows those guys to, you know, when you watch us play, you'll see a bunch of guys around the ball. Everybody's trying to make the tackle. Everybody's trying to do something. So. I think it's a culture that we have over there, you know, on defense. And, you know, I think our offense does get a lot of, you know, um, notoriety and some things. But our defense is top level, you know. Um, and, you know, in the nation they're top level. In the conference they're top level. So I'm just going to be proud of those guys, what they've done, because they're a big reason why we're 8-0 right now. You're running back, and you're right. We talked about in the summer. Your running back, Jada Byers, is, first of all, phenomenal. Uh, second of all, his numbers are eye-popping through eight games. He's got 1,560 yards. He's averaging 195 yards per game, 18 touchdowns in eight games, and 7.3 yards per carry. Didn't have a chance to look at the at the D2 stats overall, but, I mean, I, you know, he's got to be one of the top five, if not the top rusher in all of uh, D2. Your thoughts? We, we knew he could play, but, I mean, this is, this is sort of next level in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jada leads all divisions in rushing right now. Uh, FBS, FCS, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Every every level, Jada has more rushing yards than any any back in the country. So that speaks volumes, you know. And that just kind of tells you, you know, um, what 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 type of you know player that he is. And um, the numbers you said, you know, yeah, he has 18 rushing touchdowns, but I think he has another three receiving, you know, that he has. So he's leading the league. He's leading the nation in scoring as well. You know, so um, he he's just a special player. You know, he turns it on when Saturday comes. You know, um, and it's something that he picked up right where he left off after his freshman year last year. So, you know, uh, we count on him a lot. You know, um, he's just a team leader for us. You know, um, he's one of those guys that kind of do it more by 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 action. You know, um, he don't do a whole lot of talking. You know, when it comes to that window, but when those lights come on, he get between those lines. He he's something special to watch. Dr. Alvin Parker, the head football coach at Virginia Union, joins us here on the program again. Virginia Union, nationally ranked number two in the HBCU media poll and number one in the HBCU Division II coaches poll. The quarterback play, uh, speak to it. It's not 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 shabby uh, in that respect when you talk about quarterbacks and specifically the play. I know you played a couple of guys, but specifically the play of Jakari Grant who's got 13 touchdowns to just four interceptions for you so far this year. Yeah, Jakari has been our starter since day one this year, and um, he, he he's a big reason why we ain't know as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we bring Christian Reed in and some um, and some backup duty. He has a bunch of touchdown passes too. So, you know, um, you know, we just have a great room. You know, Coach Benson does a great job with those guys. You know, um, the biggest thing that, you know, Jakari does for us is that, you know, um, he manages the offense. You know, um, and I think you have to have that at quarterback. You know, he has an extremely high uh, QB efficiency. You know, he leads the league in QB efficiency right now. So um, his numbers don't have to be, you know, out of this world because he does a great job of managing the game. So, um, and I think at the quarterback spot on any level, you know, um, you have to have a guy who back there who can, who's an extension of the coaching staff, you know, um, to kind of move things and kind of get things done. You know, we average a bunch of points on offense, a bunch of yards, and get a bunch of things done over there. And it's a lot in part because of what he does and how he plays. You know, um, like I say, so I'm proud of him. You know, um, 
he accepts his role and he makes it happen, you know, week in and week out. You know, you in your career you had you've had a a two loss season, a three loss season, a four loss season. All winning seasons though, by a lot of people's standards, uh would be pretty good, not to your standards. You're eight no uh, right now, and as a matter of fact, that eight and two season, you didn't you didn't get any postseason, didn't make the playoffs. Why why is this season different? Let's say uh, opposed to even that two loss uh, season when you guys probably should have made some postseason but did not. Um, I think it's a lot of factors that that that, that go into this being a little different than than some of the other seasons, especially that one. You know, um, that was an initial season, so a lot of the things that you know, um. Were, were being done at the time where, where the guys kind of trusted me and me trusting them at the time. Let's kind of learn to do that again because it was my first year on the job, you know, here. So, you know, it was a lot of that that kind of went into that. But, you know, this year, you know, it's guys that have been here with me, you know, um, so they fully out trust. They trust each other. They trust me. They trust the coaching staff. So, you know, it happens a little different, you know, um, at this juncture just because, you know, um, we've been around and been kind of, you know, netted together a little bit more so you know um, I think that's one of the differences and it's just you know it's just a matter of just um every year you try to get better you know you try to you know to find some things that you didn't necessarily do that the year before is good and you know um and, and, and just try to sharpen it up and I think we've done that you know um, from a coaching staff standpoint and we put ourselves in a better position this year in some games and you know even from an administration standpoint you know because because winning comes from the top on down you know, um, a lot of the things our uh, administration has built it up every year. You know, it was good when I got here, but they've taken steps, the necessary steps every year to make it make it even better. So, you know, I'm happy about that, and um, that drives the culture around here. You know, so everybody wants to win, you know, um, and, and it shows. So, you know, I'm happy about that. A couple of more thoughts with Dr. Alvin Parker, the head football coach at Virginia Union. Shawan comes to you uh, on Saturday, an opportunity for you to – uh, to maybe or take another step at least to wrap up the CIAA's Northern Division. What concerns do you have about the Hawks? Um, they're playing some good ball right now, you know. So I think right now we 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 we're gonna get everybody's best shot, you know, um, and rightfully so. You know, what I'm saying um, we expect it, you know, and, and and we embrace the opportunity to get that, you know. So you know they're hot right now. So you know, anytime you can play off of that, that's that's something that any coach wants to have. So you know, and those guys are tough. You know, good, well-coached ball club. You know, um, Coach Hall does a great job, you know, with his teams, and he's done that since he's been the head coach there. You know, so you know, we're expecting a tough, you know, grounded-out, gritty type of game. You know, and it's always been that way between us two since, since I've been here. What does it mean to you b- to be the head coach at your alma mater, having success throughout your tenure, but specifically this year at, at 8-0, a nationally ranked, uh, and having played for the legendary Willard Bailey? It means a lot, you know. Um, Coach still is around here a lot, you know. He still come by and give me tidbits. He'll he'll shoot me a call, you know, at least once a week, you know. And I still have a lot of legends that I think I can lean on, you know. I got a legend right here in the building with me every day, and, and Coach Taylor, you know. Again, like I said, Coach Bailey and um, Coach Tiller, who I worked for um, about 13 years at Elizabeth City, you know. I can call all them guys, and those guys have been there before, and they and they, you know, they kind of give me the tidbits and and let me know kind of how to handle things. And those guys are big-time mentors to me, you know, and, I'm, and I take those and take those words and I, and I use them, you know, um, because a lot of the times, you know, situations kind of happen different as a head coach and you want to be ready for it. So, you know, just having those guys right there with me on my side, 
those guys helped me out a whole lot, you know, to prepare me to, you know, coach my coach and, and, and coach my coaches and, you know, coach my players, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's different. You know, I'm happy that we're in this position. You know, um, definitely, you know, receiving a whole lot of accolades for the team, and they, they've earned them all, you know. So we're happy where we, where we are right now. We're trying to continue this thing. Do you prefer doctor or coach when people address you? <laughs> Uh, I, it really doesn't matter to me, you know. Um, but if if my mom is listening, she gonna want everybody to call me Doctor Park, you know. Um, <laughs> she that's what she wants, <laughs> and she get mad when people don't, you know. Um, she say you you went to school, you earned that, you know. You need to make sure. So you know, she listens to the broadcast sometime and different things. She's like, you know, um, you know, they need to call you Doctor Parker, you know. And I say, mom, don't really matter, you know. But you know, if my mom was listening, that's that's what she's gonna want. <laughs> no doubt about it. Boy, I tell you what, Virginia Union auto roll, 8-0 on the season. A big game on Saturday in Richmond against Shawan in his fifth season as the head football coach at Virginia Union. I'm going to say it right for moms. Dr. Alvin Parker joins us here on Boxer Row. Uh, Doc, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Panthers. Thank you for having me. Up next here on Box to Row, I'm previewing the HBCU National Game of the Week between Southern and Jackson State. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeard, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-931-3413. 800-931-3413. That's 800-931-3413. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Week 9 of the HBCU football season. You've got some pretty good matchups for Week 9, some matchups that will have conference implications. You can look at A&T and Campbell. Virginia and Union and Shawan is a big one. 
Virginia Union, I believe, wraps up that CIAA Northern Division with a victory over Shawan. We've got a couple of games to really look at. Tuskegee and Kentucky State, one of the bigger ones. But without a doubt, the HBCU National Game of the Week is Southern at Jackson State. Now, I don't know if prior to the season, I thought that this would be uh, the HBCU National Game of the Week. I expected Southern to be improved with Eric Dooley as the head football coach. And then I had some apprehensions going back several weeks ago when when uh, Southern was goose-egged by uh, Texas Southern, 34 uh, to nothing. But things have changed mightily for Southern since then. As a matter of fact, it's won three games, including a victory over Alcorn State to kind of put some distance. Uh, Alcorn State's got a lot of work to do now to have any chance of winning the SWAC's Western uh, Division. So Southern is playing well. You know Jackson State is playing well. Undefeated, ranked number one in the HBCU coaches and media polls and ranked in the FCS coaches and media polls as well. Well, you know it's a, also a big game because ESPN's College Game Day uh, is in Jackson, uh, will be in Jackson, Mississippi as well. So you know this is a big-time uh, football game with uh, perhaps the two biggest fan bases in all of HBCU football in terms of traveling and so forth. So, uh, it, you know, even though Jackson State's got a great fan base, you know Southern's fan base is going to be in the house for this football game. And I think it's been, well, I want to say it's maybe been a little while since maybe this rivalry has meant as much uh, between both schools, but it means really a lot. I mean, either school loses, it's an intra-divisional game, so it's not like the end of the world, but it's a big-time HBCU, big-time SWAT football game and uh, very much looking forward to the game. So let's break the game down. Let's break the teams down. Let's look at Jackson State. Uh, you know, obviously Jackson State's coming off that 22-14 to 14 victory over Campbell. It was homecoming in Jackson last week. So you're talking about back-to-back big crowds uh, in Jackson. When I look at Jackson State, I mean, obviously Shador Sanders, the quarterback, is getting it done and in a mighty, mighty Waste. Touchdown interception ratio is really, really good, although it's it sort of slipped the la- maybe the last couple of weeks, at, you know, but still it's very, very good. I mean, the completion percentage is off the charts. Got receivers to throw the football to. What Jackson State has also been able to do um, a little bit more recently, uh, well, uh, recently, particularly against Campbell, has been able to run the football, and that's definitely going to be a key um, if you're looking at, uh, at Jackson State, they're gonna have to. I think they're gonna have to do well uh, in the running game this week, uh, uh, no doubt. Because when I look at Southern, okay, I look at Southern, I look at this defense. I mean, this defense has played really well the last couple of weeks. And really, when you look at these two teams, you're looking at the number one offenses and the number two defenses in the SWAC. You're looking at both of those. I mean, I think when you look at the bookends uh, for for Southern, 
they're going to be key. They're going to have to get some pressure uh, on Shador Sanders. That offensive line for Jackson State has really held up well. I think you have to make Sanders uncomfortable. You have to get him out of the pocket. Now, he's shown some signs of being able to have some escapability and being able to use his legs when necessary, but he's definitely a po- a pocket a pocket passer and a guy that likes to throw the ball uh, from the pocket. He can do some other things. There's no doubt about it, but I think you have to make him feel um, uncomfortable. And I think Southern's defense the last couple of weeks has been solid. On the other side, right? So if I look at Southern's offense, um, you know, it all begins with the quarterback. Uh, McCray, I think, has done, and I would just want to pull up some numbers um, on McCray, but Sean McCray has the best efficiency in the SWAT, even higher efficiency than does Shador Sanders. He's completed 94 of 139 passes, which is a 68% completion percentage rate. That's very, very good. It's not Sanders' completion percentage rate, which is well above 70%, but it's very, very good. He's got 1,304 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's also got six interceptions on the season. So, I mean, I I think, you know, when you look at the interception uh, perspective, I mean, that's got to be of concern. But the thing about McCray, he's a guy that can also run the football. 406 yards rushing. He's averaging 6.7 yards per carry, which is one of the highest per yards carry in the SWAC. He's also got five touchdowns. I think he can present some challenges to that Jackson State defense. When I look at that Jackson State defense, I mean, that Jackson State defense is absolutely tremendous. Doesn't give up a lot of points. And in the, in the uh, and I'm, I'm going to look up these numbers for you real quick because I want to be, you know, I want to be accurate about this. Um, but, you know, when I look at Jackson State's uh, run defense, Okay, it's it is absolutely phenomenal. Give me a second um, to pull up these uh, these statistics. Okay, so from a defensive perspective, um, that's not what I was looking for right there. Let me look at team stats. Let's look at the totals. Okay, when you look at the defense of Jackson State. Okay, from from a this is still from a, I'm, I'm, excuse me, give me one second while I look up. Okay, this is from a rushing perspective. Giving up just 73 yards rushing per game. That's somewhere where Southern excels. Okay, Southern excels um, on the defensive, uh, on the, uh, in the running game. So that may create a problem. But I think, I think the key for, a, for Southern offensively is going to be McCray with both his arms and and his legs, and I think that combination will have some success. You talk about um, being able to scheme up offenses. I mean, Eric Dooley does it as well and has done it many, many years as well uh, as anybody has. So this is what I got for you in terms of a prediction. This is what I have for you. Everything says that Jackson State should win this game on paper, okay, because even though both teams are one and two in terms of offense and defense in the SWAC, Jackson State is number one and by a pretty good margin over 
number two, Southern. So that's number one. Number two, you've got the hype of college game, ESPN College Game Day coming into the fold. Um, I mean, that you know, could, could go either way, but that's probably a good thing. And then you're going to have that crowd. Yeah, there's going to be some Southern people there, but you've got that Jackson State crowd. I mean, I think that game... What does is, what is, what is Veterans Stadium hold? Is it 60,000? I mean, this is a game, I think, that should be sold out. Last week's game, I think they I think homecoming was at like 49,000 or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact number offhand, but I mean, I would expect that this, because Campbell's obviously not bringing a crowd, right? So I think this game is going to be sold out. I think Southern is going to be a bring a crowd. So those are the advantages for Jackson State, whereas on paper, it is why Jackson State should win this football game. But I look at it from this perspective. I look at Southern. Um, I look at the way Southern has played the last couple of weeks. Played, I mean, it's played extremely well. Um, and that was a tough Alcorn State win. A vic, uh, Alcorn State win that Southern was able to get. You know, you look at a you know bit of a tune-up game against Virginia University uh, of Lynchburg. So that's fine. Um, but Southern's going to have some crowd at this football game. Um, I like the way Southern is playing right now. I think that Southern is going to have an us against the world mentality coming into this game. And as you guys know that I like to do sometimes on right here, I like to go with the underdog sometime and I like to go with a bit of an upset. And in this football game, even though everything on paper says that Jackson State's the better team, I'm going to go with Southern in an upset over Jackson State in Jackson, Mississippi. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W on my personal uh, Instagram account at dware one couple of other games to kind of be on the lookout for uh, when you're looking at Benedict and Clark Atlanta. I mean, Benedict has an opportunity uh, to wrap up the SIAC's Eastern Division. Fayetteville State and Shaw. Fayetteville State with an opportunity to wrap up the CIAA's Southern Division as well. So you've got a couple of other games that are, again, as mentioned some conference implications. Fort Valley State still wants to kind of keep, you know, anything could happen uh, with respect to Benedict. So if you're Fort Valley State on the road against Savannah State, I mean, that's obviously a game that you need to win. And then even if you look at Norfolk State and Howard, I mean, Howard's undefeated uh, in conference play after last week's victory uh, over Dell State. But I'm telling you, if you're Dell State, that's a tough loss. That's just a loss that should not have happened. But it's an op- it's still a situation where Dell State, um, in some respects, controls its own destiny outside of Howard. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Virginia Union head football coach Dr. Alvin Parker for joining us today here on the program. For more information on the show for the HBCU Football Daily Podcasts and for the HBCU coaches and media polls log on to our website boxtorow.com and always remember to support those that support yo box to row is produced 
by DW's Communications.